ladies and gentlemen, worshipers at the altar of music, uh, welcome to Let the Music Be Your Master. I am one of your humble servants, Brandon Arnold, with me in the garage, as always. Jordan Harmon. Jason Johnson. Say it right this time. Sir. <laughs> Lord. Ricks. Four-time Emmy Award A winner. <laughs> no Emmys. Two-time no, BAFTA No award. Grammys. <laughs> I've given myself a few awards. Uh, yeah. You've got a BAFTA. You can call me Steve. Okay. Sorry, that took so long. So we're uh, we're continuing our discussion. We had, believe it or not, more to say about metal. <laughs> <laughs> Than any other episode. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Uh, so the, blind, our, the blind leading the blind. Our or goal something. this time is to share some deep tracks, and then also our personal Mount Rushmores of of metal. So deep tracks. Uh, I'll, I'll start us out. I've got one that I want to share. Um, this was in my contenders for first metal song, one of the precursors, and. I'm going with the uh, the least of the metal bands, the Beatles. Um, but such a great song, and I think this one does uh, this. This is leading to what Black Sabbath was doing. Why are you shaking your head, Jason? I I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. The Beatles invented heavy metal with Helter Skelter. Wah wah! He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's... I want you I want you so During what, the singing part, there's nothing metal about this. When are you playing the metal this. song? <laughs> <laughs> this is straight was, up, straight up blues song right here. It was at the start. Um, but the heavy yeah, part. this song it's it does it has the weirdest uh, instrumental section, which they open with, and then a couple times in between verses. But especially at the end of the song, when it's it just does this riff over and over and constantly builds at how heavy it is. Um, Let's just skip towards here. something so compelling about that riff I mean they don't have the heaviest distortion on their guitars at this point but the uh, the way the the riff plays out the the 
slow. It's their Vox amps turned up to eleven yeah. to get it's, to get what they can. Yep. It's uh, a precursor. It's proto. I don't care what Jason yeah. says. This is this is proto, it's and it has blues. like. But if you're gonna call this a proto, then let's just go all the way back and say Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters did it. Well, sure. It's all part of the evolution, it's not like the only precursor or the most important precursor or whatever. You've got the minor thing in there. It's a. It's darker than blues, I think. Jason, here's More a couple. Here's, then, here's a couple listen, things listen maybe you builds. haven't considered. Number one, the Beatles are from England, and so are Black Sabbath. Number two, the Beatles were <laughs> were quite popular, and a lot of people knew their music, <laughs> including probably the members of Black Sabbath. Okay, just a couple things. Well, listen to the uh, like. It's it's coming in really quiet, and it'll gradually get louder. It's like this tape hiss kind of thing. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Oh, Whoa. man! Whoa! The darkness! Yeah! <laughs> And then this song is me. so fun to play. Is too. this the one? I got blisters on my fingers. No, that's Helter Skelter. Okay. Oh, it's so what good. Year, what year was this? This was. So are we giving them credit for inventing the crescendo too? It's from <laughs> <laughs> that, is that what we're doing? <laughs> Could come back. Come back. <laughs> Touche. Okay, that's that's, wait, that's your deep. Road. That's your deep cut. It's a cool that's song. A cut, okay, yeah. I like uh, rage, I like raging against the, the Beatles. It's a cool uh, song. With uh, Jason's snide remark about Helter Skelter, uh, so I've got an audio production class right now in the high school, and I've been doing a uh, name that tune game for him at the beginning of class. And so in the, in the first iteration of that game, I had Help by the Beatles. And it's all multiple choice. They'd put it on um, Kahoot. Put it on Kahoot. So I play the song. They choose what they think it is. Most of them got that one right. Uh, next day, I had Helter Skelter on there. And the options were the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, uh, someone else. Almost everybody picked Black Sabbath. <laughs> wow you set and them up that's yeah, telling one one kid out of the 20 in the class chose the beatles because he knew because if you don't know if you hear that you're like this isn't the beatles yeah they definitely if you know you know expanded their style and went way out and did a bunch of different things yeah let's let's go this way deep cuts oh, oh boy counterclockwise questions oh, ready but I'll, deep I'll cuts wait. question are you holding us to the 1991 year for deep cuts i'm not i'm not being no. held to it if you think it fits the uh discussion the discussion okay yeah I've got two deep cuts, honorable mentions. I was kind of just actually thinking of those in the same category, however you want to put it. So it was interesting that Living Color oh, was yeah. part of the banter as we started out and whatever, but they they, they didn't. didn't make it in it's the Hall of Fame. They were, they were kind of close contenders for me, and part of what kept them out is the reason why I even had Van Halen on my list. But when it got down to the more heavy stuff or the more specific of the operatic singing with the with the heavy thing, I, I the living color, I think what kept them out for me was their too versatile 
in, in general. <laughs> and, you know, the solace of you, they've got, you know, they've got all these very tasty songs, but I spent a lot of time with at least a couple of their albums in the early nineties, vivid color and mm-hmm. the other one. So, but I, I have to say, I think my favorite song of theirs is desperate people. Uh, I think that's off of vivid, vivid. Is that the name of the album? Yeah. Uh, 1988. And, uh, it, that might even be the same album as, was it Cult a, of Personality, a picture from one of these albums that you texted us? It was a very small close-up of their album that I texted you first. And then the other one was the Pale Green from the Motley Crue, uh, Dr. Feelgood album. I was giving you guys teasers. but Oh, it was the tile, the green tile. Yeah. 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 Popping through that time to me too, those like a, a few little bass pops, right? Like like it's it's still kind of metal and really driving, but then there's also some of that slap bass mm-hmm. in there. It seems like that kind of pokes in every now and then. That's that feels a little different than the kind of just single note yeah. kind of bass that you get sometimes. And they metal. were an anomaly also because they kind of broke the uh, whatever color barrier that existed in in like metal mm-hmm. as well. I mean, there was not. Yeah, really any other black metal groups that I'm aware of. Yeah, body count. I don't know what 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 they count as. Are they more like hardcore? It's like hardcore hip hop combined with <laughs> punk, combined with thrash metal. Well, that's that's the thing. Once you're in the '90s, it, yeah, the genre doesn't hold anymore. Yeah, everything's yeah yeah yeah. Which which is why so, I like these guys. They still have kind of that that '80s metal sound, but yeah, it's starting to. Branch out. Yeah, they're at the end of it too. Mm-hmm. Like eighty-eight. I wish, yeah, I wish they made it into our hall. I'm I, glad you brought them up. Yeah, I'm kind of. I've kind of got a little scorpion remorse. Scorpion like, remorse. <laughs> I like if I could go back, maybe I would replace my scorpion pick with them. But on the other hand, I kind of feel like you know the the scorpions with all their albums are pretty much clearly in, right that in there. Yeah, heavy yeah. metal, hard rock area throughout whereas the living color and i yeah i, I would see i would, they have, I, would li- I actually purchased living <laughs> living yeah. color albums yeah. and enjoy listening to them <laughs> uh um can i can i offer another deep track or are we gonna go ra- around yeah we're gonna go oh, uh, we'll go around one, one more, more chance time. okay okay all right uh so i'm going to give a teaser for a discussion that may or may not happen at some point everything changed it did metal changed in 90 from like 91 to 92 and we were just talking about like 
you know, what what did it even look like after that? And it really started to splinter and it existed, but it was called different things. I've got two tracks from 92 um, that would both be considered like industrial metal. And I think it's an interesting way to look at like what was happening. You can definitely hear metal in both of these tracks. Um, I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys pick. Do you want it? Do you want inch nails here? No, no, Nine Inch Nails. Do you want a Ministry track or a KMFDM track? Oh, nice. Ministry? Ministry? Yeah. Okay. We're going to go Ministry. And Ministry's fascinating. Their history is crazy. Yep. They were doing pure... Well, he... It's basically one guy. They were doing pure new wave and synth music like in the yeah. mid-80s. They have two albums... I love their first album. and uh, That yeah. do not resemble anything that they're known for now. Yeah. They... By the time the 90s hit, they became like pure industrial metal. So they had a, a late 80s album called um, the, Land of, the Land of Rape and Honey. And uh, that we're going to skip past that album. But that's where they started to turn into like industrial metal. And then in 92, Psalm 69 came out. And um, that one got a fair amount of play. And I'm gonna, I remember listening to uh, X96 Friday nights at midnight, the witching yes, hour. The witching which hour. Which was their industrial show. <laughs> yeah. So listen to, let's listen to uh, Just One Fix. And this is, this is like what metal turned into in 92. You can totally hear metal in it, but it does not resemble what the previous version of metal was. kill it so they kind of got rid of the solos they got rid of like the really virtuosic playing i mean ministry never really had that anyway but they he's using a a very highly distorted guitar industrial really took like a simple drum beat and was just going to beat you over the head they it, it usually sounded like pretty tinny the 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 drums in in industrial music like somebody was just hitting metal over and over and um 
It's really hard, really heavy I never stuff. Of that, like, like Martin El Gore was just hitting that one uh, like, plank thing with the this mallet. Pretty much industrial and metal. I've never thought of the the connection there. Just the words metal industry. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, it makes me think of just factory machines, and it's like the latest incarnation of, I don't know, maybe it even goes back to Italian futurism and the glorification of machines, or even, or but but in this case, it's dystopia, and it's it's factory... How early was uh, that? ...assembly line. It's like, it's like Mad Max, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it kind of seems like that. What year Anyways. was that? That, so? that was 92. That was probably their, like, their breakout album, but he... He had existed since the mid '80s and kind of went through multiple iterations. Did he of, influence Nine Inch Nails or back or did, vice versa? I, I would say the other way. He, he existed as a musician commercially before Trent Reznor did, so I, I think he did influence them, but they were also contemporaries like within the world of industrial rock like at yeah. the same time. Skinny puppy, yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. etc. Oh, nice pick. I, we we can get more that. into that kind of stuff in the. Uh, the sequel to this episode, yeah. <laughs> which will be called Metal from Ashes. Like a phoenix <laughs> rising yes. from the ashes? Yes, like that. <laughs> can we call I'm going to have can we call less it, to say about that yeah. episode than this one. <laughs> can we call it Metal Phoenix Rising from the Ashes instead, just to be more clear? Okay. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we want to we spell it out. Right, yeah. I'm ready for my, my pick. So this is a, a, a band I came across just last year. Deep, deep cut, really deep. I don't think most people out there know about them, but one of you or two of you might. <laughs> is it Van Halen? This is. <laughs> it's a one-man no. outfit. Uh-oh. I sent you a thing. I that, hope it's one of Bonnie Prince uh, Billy's bands. No, it's not. It, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, I didn't. You I might didn't, have to I didn't to, look at the so link yet. This but, is a band oh. known as Gorgoth. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they released their their metal <laughs> album on Bandcamp, so you're not going to find it on your you know YouTube Music or whatever. Right. I think Brandon's going to be able to find October it, the 31st, track. 2019. <laughs> and it's got all the you know I I shared it I, I I thought it was like kind of a parody you know band or something. I shared it and I had a couple of people like, whoa, Jordan, where are you going? You know, like you're getting a little satanic. <laughs> There's a song called Cheeseburger on there. And it's got a little bit of some satanic uh, oh, vocalings. Undertones. Mm. Undertones. <laughs> but it, it, it's got all the elements, Uh-oh. and it's definitely a deep track. Which, uh, oh, you're going with Cheeseburger? Cheeseburger. I would like to. Cheeseburger. Okay. Cheeseburger. Yeah. cheeseburger. From, from the album. From the album. Ouija, bo- Ouija boards yes. don't really work. Oh, crap. Yes, oh, they crap. do. Yes, they do. Yes. <laughs> That's it.
So, whoa. Question. That's, that's heavy stuff. Yeah, it's heavy. Is there a couple questions? Yeah. Is there a comma between cheeseburger and Satan? Is 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 the singer like asking Satan for a cheeseburger, or is he calling well, Satan if only a we cheeseburger? Had the the person behind and this with us. The well, other thing. I've, I've pulled up the Bandcamp page, and if you click on the song, it will bring up the lyrics. Let's see. <laughs> it's not really clear because each word in the chorus is its own line. Mm. So oh. I don't know if they're just not putting punctuation in there. The other thing I wanted to mention, not trying to be a jerk, but I've always considered Gorgoth prog rock. So okay, interesting, interesting. Okay. Just, well, they, they did have that song just about uh, Homer's The Odyssey. So yeah. Well, well. I, I gotta say one more thing about Gorgoth. So even though we're not, gonna, I'm not gonna try to squeeze in a, listening to a second song. This was the song I wanted to play, but. One of the trappings of metal that we've been talking about is the darkness and the heaviness and the kind of, you know. But there's a song on this album where the lyrics are, there are so many things to be thankful for. There are so many things to be thankful for. So many, so many, so many things. Chris Foller, leaves turning red, logs on the campfire, cookies of gingerbread, health in the navel, marrow in the bones, a family that loves me. I'm in the gratitude zone. Like, it's a very uplifting song. But if you listen to the music, it's metal while these, these lyrics. So it's, that's one of the innovations of Gorgoth. I think they're brothers, Glenn and Gordon or something. But anyway, interesting, very deep, deep cut. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't consider him metal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. If you listen to that song, that was a face yeah. face peeler. That last one, yeah, nice try, Jason. But there were no sevens or fives in there, so I don't think we can call it prog. And there were vocals and lyrics, and That's there true. were well, I, there there's vocals and lyrics in prog. I know it's it's I, I stand it's, by my it's statement. tough to define. It's tough to define. Yeah, that's my yeah, deep, that's my is. deep cut pick. All right, let's I go round it. two. Deep cut. Great. Okay, round two. Um. So Steve already inducted ACDC, and they're another one that I hadn't purposely listened to, even though I was, you know, a lot of their songs get a fair amount of airplay and movie soundtrack inclusion. So I'd heard a lot of their songs. Well, out of curiosity, what was the rationale behind trying to avoid them, intentionally trying to avoid them? What were you avoiding? Like when I was growing up? Yeah. I, I just thought all metal music was stupid. Like by the time I was in high school... I thought so. They were just part of the caricature that was metal. That yeah. was just so you didn't like it because I thought you liked metal. You didn't like it until '90s stuff. You didn't like right. the old stuff, but you liked Tool, Rage. You liked right. as long as it was like when you were a teenager and angsty, then it, you you were yeah. more open. Needed okay. to represent his actual it needed, rage. It needed yeah. to have some slap bass in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. For whatever reason, I don't. I don't know if this is a deep. A deep cut from ACDC or not, but I had never heard it before doing my research for this. Uh, this is from their album, Let There Be Rock. The song is called Whole Lot of Rosie. Do you guys know this one? No. I- so maybe it's a deep cut from them, but uh, it sounds really rad. Check it out. You can't make fun of Dave Mustaine's voice and listen to this. <laughs> no, it's this funny voice too. Yeah. Well. 
She ain't exactly pretty. Ain't exactly small. Four, two, third, nine, fifty-six. You can say she got it Did he say four foot two, three ninety six? Uh, it seemed like it, <laughs> and, and it does seem like something he would say. Yeah, that seems like <laughs> who knows? Impossible. Are, you, are so, you trying to analyze ACDC lyrics? A little bit. <laughs> here's here's my take on just a- just go into the junior high locker room and there's your ACDC lyrics. <laughs> it's true. That's why he dresses like a seventh grader. Um, their drummer famously like rarely plays a drum fill. My view on ACDC is they're like. A specialist in the NBA. They're like a three-point shooter, like a Kyle Korver or somebody that really can only do one thing, but they do that thing as good so as well. anybody hard in the rock, world. Like rock. Angus Young writes a hard mm. rock riff as good as anyone in the world. A- every song structure is basically the same. They just do it over and over, but they do it at yeah. like an exceptional level every time. Yeah, like listen to that. It could be a Chuck Berry song, right? But yeah, the... Just some of that the riff is really simple, but mm-hmm. the way it sounds, the tasty. that yeah. distortion that's on the guitar, and then when the drums come in, and along with the the screeching voice, and huh? yeah, that, when specialists. that came on the the, the uh, playlist for me, I'm like, whoa, this is crank that sucker crank up. that up. You didn't yeah, know you were an ACDC fan. Didn't know. <laughs> BYU football games, man. That's and, it. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yeah. Journey and <laughs> ACDC. And thund- they do Thunderstruck oh, yeah. before the kickoff every time, yeah. I think. Okay. Steve. One yeah, more. baby. One more H. Okay. I got a pick for my second deep cut, Ingve Malmsteen. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, and, do you spell uh, that with a Y? You do. I'm actually glad <laughs> you did this. This is a this is a weird, important part, like Eric yeah. Johnson, Ingve Malmsteen. I don't know yeah. how, what to go after that. Y N. G W I E. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Um, sw- is he Swedish? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scandinavian. Um, and I I hadn't seen this term before, though it certainly fits, and I get it. Neoclassical metal. Uh, but there, but there's obviously a streak of metal that does he that, do the Brandenburg Concertos? Well, that comes from prog rock. This idea of you know uh, co-opting or or even I don't know, not necessarily overtly referencing, but just that that um, a classical music kind of feel almost. But um, I don't know if, what it is exactly about it. The counterpoint, the fast lines that are moving around, and the kind of concerto like thing where there's a soloist playing this really uh flashy solo and so he's one of those flashy guitars the one i think that nails this as much as anything for me is uh far beyond the sun 1984 so the song far beyond the sun
Anyway. Also a reason why those kind of guys usually aren't in a band. <laughs> right? What's that? What's that? What's, the the more virtuosic you are, it's like... It's. I think he just goes <laughs> by his name, Ingve, but is the way I've all, I Yngwie heard it Mal- and say. It, but Ma- Malmstein. So Y N G V I E. I think it is Ingve. And where's and he from? And then um, Sweden. Sweden. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The virtuosity is funny. There's a f- kind of a famous story of um, after Cliff Burton died, um, uh, Les Claypool tried out for Metallica, so he came in and tried out to be the bass player for Metallica. And he basically came in and was like playing all the parts of a Metallica song <laughs> on his bass and walks out and they look at each other and like, it's just, it won't work. He's too good. We're like, no, we just want someone that can play the root note. Just bum, 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 like that. Clip Burton was really good. Clip Burton was classically trained, but um, it, there is a point where you're so virtuosic. It, it, I think it's hard to contain and to yeah. play nice within a, a band. Right. Yeah. Metallica with yeah, less and also that would be something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and be and that maybe becomes less interesting to listen to, or or it's it. I don't know. It endures less. Like like it's impressive to hear the technique and how fast he's playing, but um, I'm less interested in that as a song or as a thing than I am bands where so that's my whole where thing. that's more contained like you have you have a maybe you have a virtuosic solo that kind of erupts at a certain point but it's not like six minutes of just that you know that's my whole thing with van halen like it's impressive unquestionably impressive to listen to eddie van halen shred I, but i don't like particularly love it mm. like it's impressive but uh, right. somehow it's not like for me, yeah. that's still the right. Off. For me, that's the right that's mix, the right though. Amount. Like he does, he doesn't go beyond, and at least at least a lot of the time, in this in this vein. Yeah, it's got to be part of a song. Otherwise, it's like those, uh, you know, stunt videos on YouTube. That yeah, once uh, once you've passed the one or two minute mark, then the cooler it doesn't matter how cool the stunt is. You've been watching it the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's part of it. I think. Okay. okay, next pick, next pick. Jason. Uh, these guys have already been mentioned, but I, I think um, they're an interesting one as well because I think their name and their reputation precedes them in a way that um, maybe makes their music overlooked. And I think musically they're they're really cool. And I think they're, for a lot of people, I think pe- people would be surprised at their, their musicality and music ability um, compared to what they assume about them just based on their, their name and reputation is suicidal tendencies. Um, I, I'm a legitimate fan of them and I'm going to go with the song. I mean, their famous one is institutionalized. I don't even think that's the, the most representative of who they are musically. So it's, it's the title track of the album called, uh, how will I, how will I laugh tomorrow when I can't even smile today? I think.
So their first album has punk roots. I don't think they're a punk band. I think they're accepted into the punk family, but they kind of don't have... I don't think they have a clear genre. And their guitarist shreds. They have, like, crazy solos in a lot of their stuff. By the way, lead singer raised Mormon. Hmm. Really? Still practicing. Well, isn't, isn't the... Isn't the institutionalized all? I just wanted a Coke or something like that. All it has I wanted this whole, was a Pepsi. Uh, yeah, it has this whole thing about that. And I, <laughs> yeah. Is that a must come from that? Huh? <laughs> and it, well, and it didn't. Isn't didn't Thundercat have a have a stint at playing with suicidal tendencies? Am he, I missing this? He up? could have. They had a rotating bass player, uh, Mike Trujillo. More, that's more recently, in Metallica now was in suicidal tendencies for a while. Yeah, I thought Thundercat did a did a stint with the M. He more I recently. Think he did. Yeah, anyway. Hey, George. What's his name? Mike Muir, the Last singer? Last pick. Okay. Uh, I was going to... I was doing some research into this black metal guy from Norway, but I'm not prepared with him, so we'll, we're going to go with just a, my favorite helmet song from mid-'90s, Unsung. Well, alternative metal for you. You don't want to save this for that episode? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's got so many more picks that he's got. He's... <laughs> Here we go. What uh, what took the place of metal in the nineties? Introduced to this song and and this band by my cousin, who was an influence on me. Both got me into hip hop, and we were in a band together in the early '90s. And he was kind of a straight edge kind of kid. But this was introduced to me as metal, and at the time, I didn't think I liked metal or even really hard music beyond grunge. And so I remember listening to that and thinking, "Okay, I like I like this." And I think part of it's the syncopation. <laughs> okay, I'm in. Yeah. The syncopation, the kind of the, the sparseness when that riff starts in. Helmets always had a fa- uh, satisfying start-stop to their yeah, you know, yeah their they, chords. they they do. That's like I think really they really know how to use foundational to, to their whole stuff. approach. Yeah, that kind of stutter start-stop, which I, which I hear sometimes in Slayer kind of stuff too. A little bit, but faster. Yeah. Jordan's fading fast. I am. Um, you doing all right, big <laughs> guy? We got to do our rush more. <laughs> yeah. I was up late studying from my metal exam. <laughs> Did he pass? I think he passed. I think he passed. Okay. Uh, really, I think the only question in each of our Mount Rushmores is who is the fourth, the fourth group on there. 
So are you going to say that your three are Sabbath, Zeppelin, and Metallica? Yeah. That Zeppelin, I'm so conflicted on. Yeah, I wasn't going to put Zeppelin on mine because unless we were going hard rock and metal, then I'd probably do Zeppelin and ACDC. But if we're just doing metal, I would say Zeppelin is going to be on the hard rock one, but I'd still keep My brain says it makes no sense not to have Zeppelin on the Mount Rushmore of heavy metal. But at the same time, I don't fully consider them a heavy metal band. You probably want the Beatles on there, don't you, Jason? I would probably put the Beatles, <laughs> Blue Cheer, <laughs> and... Uh, cream? Cream. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. I got the text. When is you coming home? The he, text. He outmetals okay. metal. Thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> that has been... We are wrapping this up. And... Uh, Metal is one. Metal one, we lost. <laughs> metal beat us into the, <laughs> metal one. Us. Let the music be a mess or zero. <laughs> iron sharpens iron. We are clearly not iron. Metal, metal just destroyed us. You guys have a great rest of your day and week, and we'll see you later. Bye.